Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode, oh fuck, what is this episode? I didn't check. 265. Sure, 265 maybe, unless we realize we're wrong. I think that's right. The title says otherwise. You can can take it again. Nah, it's okay. Whoa. This week. I'm not going to woo that introduction. <laughs> this week, everything ends in a bummer on Voyager with real life. And Distant Origin. Whoopsie. Yeah, they are both a bummer, aren't they? Mm-hmm. First up, in real life, there's a B-plot that only exists to justify having the rest of the cast show up. Meanwhile, the Doctor has made himself a hollow family, which is straight out of the worst 1950s sitcom. Then he invites Balana and Kes for dinner. Balana is like, you fucking jackass, and reprograms it with what she calls randomizers, but really is just everything she can think of to drive the doctor crazy. I knew it. Wreck your Dale-anizers. Yeah. That explains a lot, Balana. Instead of having a Stepford wife slave, he has a wife with a life and career, which means she's not around to tidy up and clean all the time, so he suddenly has to pull his own weight, the poor little baby. Time for a divorce. <laughs> his perfect son is Delete now- the wife. Yeah. <laughs> His perfect son is now friends with Klingons, which lets us find out some of the Doctor's racist side. Hope Alana doesn't hear about that, by the way. I think she she was baiting him. Maybe. Probably. Definitely. And his daughter is really into Parisi Squares, which it turns out is, like, super dangerous. They knew this. Well, yeah, but dear God. Yeah, but it doesn't even... I mean, I I know, but, like, it's not even like she just died because of Parisi Squares. She died because of, like... She could have just banged her head in a door jam and had the same thing, you know? But yeah, yeah. Uh, As Caitlin has said, uh, his daughter is eventually killed, and that brings the family together, and he'll probably never run the program again. But yeah, he tries to sort of treat the family like he would a disease with very forthright, thoughtful nonsense, and none of it works. His son resents and hates him. His wife thinks he's a moron. And yeah, eventually his daughter dies playing Parisi Squares, and he tries to avoid facing that until Tom is like, yeah, you're never going to move on if you don't finish up this game of The Sims. You're a bad dad, EMH. Bad dad and worse... Kenneth. (laughs) Yeah, Kenneth. What's the frequency? I remember saying, like, bro, she's the only one that likes you, and she's the one who gets hurt. That yeah. sucks for you. Um, That's real life. Aww. Yeah. Wow. And Said the title. Yeah, yes. Yeah, they both episodes actually also say the title week. And yeah, like I said, there was a B plot with like... Bees. Energy waves. I followed none of it. Blue... Yeah. It was, I wasn't even paying attention. At one point, we're like halfway through the episode and I was like, what... What are they doing? I haven't been paying attention to anything. Yeah, the they, again, it literally <laughs> just existed so that like they could justify paying the rest of the cast. Yeah, there's an energy wave. It blew up the space station and some aliens they were going to be buddies with, but oh well. And then they think they might be able to harness it, and Tom goes out in a shuttle, and he winds up in another dimension for a little bit, but he comes back. Hooray. The real point of it was the EMH plotline. And I'm Jake. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't say who we were. Uh, Caitlin. Uh, Ames. Kenneth. Wait, no, Chris. Yay, we've done it. The visuals of the space cyclone hurricane thing were pretty okay. The, the dimension or the, like, weird hourglass thing itself? I'd say both. I was okay with both. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I will say the weird dimension was neat looking. I, yeah, fun. but like you said, followed none of it. Why was it the better idea to bring a shuttle into it where it would get uh, torn apart I instead was, of the Voyager? Something about it 
causing a lesser reaction because it was smaller. Yeah, because they were worried. They were worried that the warp engines themselves or something was going to ignite. The, yeah, the like whenever they cut to that storyline, I just kind of zoned right out. Oh, appropriately though, considering that the opening like three minutes was a, the a cheesy sitcom. This episode was directed by Anson Williams, better known as Potsy. On Happy Days. Turns out after that he did a shitload of TV directing. Oh wow. Like tons. He did, fuck, I think five episodes of Star Trek, two of DS9, three of this I want to say Memory Alpha said, but I might be wrong. But yeah, aside from that, like everything. How many Murder She Wrote? (laughs) Um, I don't remember, although, funny you bring that up. It's always Murder, She Wrote, somehow. It, Literally, he said something about Murder, She Wrote, and I was like, oh, good, Ames will be so pleased that we have a reason <laughs> to talk about Murder, She Wrote So today. The, the mother, I was like, I know her name, but she's not familiar. It turns out she is the voice of the wife in American Dad, but was in an episode of Murder, She Wrote called Ghost Nan, which immediately brought Sub Rosa to mind. There you go. And I, don't, I forgot to look up the daughter, but the son... Wasn't in much beyond Star Trek. The, the daughter, daughter actually looked familiar. Oh. The daughter was decent, too. Yeah, like, I've she actually was. seen a lot of people giving her accolades for this episode because she didn't suck as a child. No, she, she was great. didn't, which is mm-hmm. rare, yeah, especially in Star Trek. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, to be fair, not just in Star Trek, just like in life. Well, true, but I, I just, you know, our main focus is this for this. Except for. We well, that, about other and things. I was going to say, or Batman, or, or Murder, uh, she, Murder wrote, she Wrote, Murder. as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you had something to say. No, no, I was hoping somebody else was going to say something. Well, you're the one who said um. Well, I feel like I had something to say, but then you like steamrolled past it, so I don't remember what it was. What does Jake have to say? Uh, yeah. What about the? How about those Klingons? Huh? They sucked. Those are some. Did they? Larg and Kakath. Rough and tumble characters there. It sounds too much like cacao, which just makes me think of Portlandia. I was definitely put off by like no Klingon friends. Like wow, Doc. Well, is it no friends Klingon friends, Vulcan, or is it is it is it friends with those Klingons? Because that's well, like one thing you say. I don't want you to see these two people specifically because yeah. they seem like trouble. But they said clearly drug dealers. And yeah. they're not good actors either. Clearly no. drug like, dealers. Like, I thought the same thing. Yeah, he they, walks in the house and there's that tray of crystals out or whatever, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> is this what future drugs look like? But, but then he's just mad about the knife, and I was like, oh, we're focusing yeah, they were on using the knife. the knife to cut lines. Okay, yeah, no shit. Like, yeah, oh, we're doing a ritual. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, called but, blow. But that's the thing. It's like, he, he didn't say, I don't want you to see those two clearly sketchy individuals. He said no Klingon wow, friends. clearly sketchy individuals? Racist? Wow. You just said they are clearly wow, drug dealers. Wow, Chris. Jeez. So. Yeah, because they were dealing drugs. It did sound like, though, when they was walking, it's like, so this is gonna, like, it sounded like they were planning a heist. So, a, so I don't know what exactly <laughs> was a going on. A drug heist? Yeah, they were gonna go rip off some dealers. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you can get away with it, you know, to quote uh, another podcast, you know, or paraphrase, Robin from Drug Deal is great. They can't call the cops. What's interesting to me about the, you know, the doctor's family, you know, after Bilana plays with it, is that it's very much a 20th century family having 20th century family problems. It's like mm. Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's... it's well, it was it's, already kind of a 20th century family. Yeah. The idealized version. But that's the thing, right? So, like, in Star Trek, everything is idealized. You would expect the family to be, if not worshipping the doctor, I don't know, I don't think I would expect a... Star Trek era family to have, you know, problems with, you know, those rough and tumble Klingons. It's not, it's not that idealized. I mean, we saw in First Duty, Wesley got caught up in a crowd that ended up not being good for him. 
Yeah, but yeah. but again, their their whole thing was that they were too ambitious, I guess, you know? Like, they were filthy liars, Locarno. Well, they, well, they were. They I sure mean, were. I will say, I don't care how idealized your society is. Unless you got a robot to do it for you, children will never clean their own room. Mm. So that that's believable Well, that's enough. the other thing. Like, where's the, where's the, the maid robot? The robot maid. The Rosie! Robot yeah. that, that's, there is a weird lack of robots in Star Trek. Mm. Yeah, like, I love it. <laughs> like, I know that there's the whole, like, I get that the Sung Positronic brain is a, is a breakthrough that no one else is able to replicate yet, but... But we've got Roombas. Yeah, like, they I don't mean, even have, they don't even have, like... A Roomba. A robot that, you know, picks stuff up and, like, it doesn't have to be intelligent, that's not how to clean a room, which I imagine by the 24th century they should be able to do. Wow, so you're saying that being able to do cleaning is not intelligent work? Wow, Chris. I'm honestly mortified right now yeah, by this Bobia. attitude. Just go to hell. <laughs> I'm just surprised they don't just have exocomps floating around. Yeah. yeah. Exocomps are sentient. Picking you can't up, do picking that. Picking up That's underwear. True. But imagine how miserable it would be. You need all the F8s from, uh, from Picard. And well, they don't exist yet. because. What? Oh, well, also, yeah. The, the things from Discovery don't exist yet. Nope. What else do we have? We have exocomps. Just data. Data and exocomps. Data, data clean my room. They just have, you know, they ha- they still call them Roombas, but they're full human-shaped robots with pincers now, and they can pick up your stuff and put it in the closet. Well, they could have like they could they probably just repurposed all those Stellas. Hardcore, Kenneth. Yeah, it also struck me as strange. So this this family that that Kenneth builds for himself, fucking Kenneth. Uh, he's named after one of the writers, Kenneth Biller, which is oh. quite, quite funny. Oh, I thought he was named after Kenneth Kenneth. Don't know who that is. Oh, it's just an Eminem. Joke from the nineties. Uh, Good is yep. that you know he builds this family, but he builds it not in uh, like the Star Trek backdrop. Like you know when the when they fight over who's going to make dinner, it's like you guys don't have a replicator. Why are you why are you making but it? But she even said in the beginning that she replicated stuff. So making dinner sounds like it pretty much is just replicating it. Yeah, cl- cleaning the room isn't little you know, cleaning the room. It's you take everything on the floor and you replicate throw it in the replicator. So in this fantasy is so obviously the family aren't holograms because they need to eat. But is the doctor also not a hologram? Like is is this? Whoa! Is he role playing as a human? She, wow. This blew my mind. Because <laughs> he, he has to make, cook dinner. I'd like yeah. To, yeah, he's probably just... I mean, like did, they, did they make those kids? I was just going to say, did they way? actually have sex to have children? No. What do you mean, no? It does strike me as weird that he like goes into the holodeck even when he's not having company. Because you think he could just run all this in the computer mm. as a program. But I mean, how many times have we brought up the fact they really don't treat him like a program, the writers. Yeah, so. And also, someone else might want to use Holodeck too. Exactly. What if someone else is in there? That's what I mean. It just seems like unless you want to have company, he should be able to just be in the computer running this. Maybe this is considered some kind of doctor privilege and he just had, that's just his yeah, Holodeck. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it might, uh, given that he's basically been elevated to a, a crew member, like, he should have some kind of quarters, right? That are not he, just... Yeah, I think he asked for quarters at one point. Mm. I don't know if they ever gave them any. Maybe they just said, yeah, just use the holodeck when you need to. Yeah, just take the holodeck away from someone who wants to go to Sandrine's. Well, you yeah. know, they're trying to save um, energy. Maybe it's uh, lower energy for him to do it somehow. Mm. I don't know, but that was my first thought when it's like, okay, Torres swoops swoops in, says, Doc, I've, I've got just the program for you. Stop playing The Sims. We're going to play Grand Theft Auto instead. Uh, and we're going to have it. We're going to kick it up several notches, and Jeffrey's going to have knocked up Sandrine. Now, what other, like, horrible scenarios could they have had happen in this? 
You know, so they have the son being a delinquent. He traded in his Jake like, Cisco. Like vest. How, how horrible this family is. Their son's a delinquent. Their daughter gets severely injured playing dangerous sports. The wife has a job. <laughs> oh my god, this is this is heinous. The little woman just de- destroying yeah. the fabric of Federation life. They didn't even have a pet. That's yeah, true. Had a no one in Voyager has a pet. That's, I think, the, the biggest difference you see in this show from other shows is there's no animals. Well, all the, Tom like, has Harry. Man. <laughs> well, all, uh, the, all the pets died when the caretaker sucked them to the other side of the galaxy. Yeah, I said that at one point. It's like, man, how do you, like, bribe your children to be good in a post-scarcity society? You can't be like, here's money. Stop being awful. No, but you give them freedoms. That's what I said. Like, mm. allowing your child to stay out an extra hour late or yeah. whatever. Not that... Well, actually... So here's a good question. Hmm. If we you live in a society where they have, like, transporters and shit, could you not just, like, literally set your kids up with some kind of device that pulls them home at curfew? Hmm. That would be annoying. It would. Sounds like some a Black Mirror episode or two. Does um, it? I think whenever we've seen, like, a small personal transporter like that, it's always oh. referred to as being, like, experimental or something. But they use their... No, oh, that's Discovery, which is set a thousand years later. Don't they? Yeah, but don't they? Oh no, they just use it to lock on. Never mind. Yeah. I, I, but I just feel like in the holodeck, at least he could probably do that. Well, yeah, but he's trying to be semi-realistic. Yeah, especially at the beginning. Well, again, that part. That's why I said semi. <laughs> I did like his uh, dinette set chairs. They were lovely. I missed it. They're very nice. I'll give him that. He has good taste for furniture. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's one of the more interesting things about this episode. And I, I just watched the Steve Shives episode on this. Uh... You think the dinette set is the most interesting thing about this episode? I really do. No, the, <laughs> the thing that's kind of interesting is that, so the doctor creates this thing for himself <coughs> so that he can learn, like, more human stuff. to like, get the kind of human-y experience of what, what being a family is. But it's only for him. He's, it's, he, it's not doing what would actually happen in an actual family. He does this because he wants to check it off the list so that he can he can feel like he's done something. Yeah. And then when the family evolves or, you know, gets reprogrammed, again, he's doing, he's uh, trying to treat them as if it's a challenge for him. Yeah. And not that they're actual people. Which makes it a little interesting because I was also thinking, like, these people don't know their holograms. Mm-hmm. Like, like some of our more developed hologram friends, like the EMH or Vic Fontaine or, Mon- or uh, Moriarty, know their holograms, and that's why they're able to develop. These people can't develop; they can only be programmed. Yeah. So I kind of wonder if he'd allowed them to develop, if he if he would have learned more. Mm, maybe. Well, maybe, except for that one of his kids then dies. <laughs> this is Christ. I'm surprised uh, he didn't make the wife look like his uh, Vidian girlfriend. Aw, was that Denara? Hmm. Yeah, then they'd have had to have got that actress again. True. <laughs> oh, I liked her. No, no, so did I. I'm just... They got her back for one random episode. That's <laughs> true, they did. So. Hmm. No, maybe she's busy. Ruining her life. Well, I did, so I feel I did like... like that it was um, What's-Her-Name from American Dad, though. That feels very right somehow. Because mm. I feel like she's that sort of idealized wife thing in he, that show, piece too. Of, piece of commentary. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, once I realized it was her, that's all I could hear. And it was so weird. I'm going to tell you this right now. I didn't appreciate this fucking episode giving me all these feelings. Oh, yeah. The ending was really nice. Oh and it makes God. me really kind of upset because, you know, I've been reading the Delta Quadrant, this this unofficial uh, Voyager guide, and he gave this episode zero out of ten stars because he hated the ending so much. But 
We've established already that writer idiot, right? He's a pretty unreliable narrator, this guy. He's incredibly subjective over these kinds of things. And he says, like, the ending... Actually, let me find the quote. He has bad taste from everything you've said about him. I was going to say, I feel like I disagree with almost everything this man says. Yeah, here's the quote. The quote is, Not a great episode, but with some unintentional hilarity. The deathbed scene had me rolling about with laughter, as it seemed to be aiming for the highest number of soap soap opera cliches used in a single scene. I mean... I hate that person. I mean, it was fairly... Melodramatic? Yeah. What it was supposed to be. It was the effect of it. Like, it was a holodeck program showing the doctor how horrible real life is. Yeah, but did you notice that when his wife and son came in at the very end, they were... They looked like they did at the beginning? A little bit, yeah. Like, the wife had, had the original haircut that she had. She didn't have the... The power, the power businesswoman haircut, and the son wasn't wearing his his Klingon do do. So I wonder if the doctor did some reprogramming in the ver- you know for that last moment so that his family would not be bitchy at him, so they wouldn't hate him. No, yeah. I think he went back genuinely. But then why did they look different? Why did they? Why did the wife and son suddenly? Maybe look that different? was meant to be a visual way of showing us that peace has been reached organically through the methods he's using like the whole point was you have to go back because part of like a family being together is getting through these tough times so i wonder if it was a visual cue showing us that this was actually happening maybe i also think that they wanted to dress up nice for bell's last moment yeah yeah, like certainly in his son's case like he's got issues with his old man but you know maybe i love that he brought her her blankie that was very cute i was so upset by I, I mean, was it was fucking it was, crying. Like for all the melodrama, it was acted well enough that I yeah, think they get yeah. away with it. I agree with that. Uh, what was very frustrating was that the latest fucking glitch with Paramount Plus is that it has decided the credits are supposed to get begin about three minutes before the end of the episode. What? Yeah. What? So it just skipped oh, to the next episode. On. We had to restart it. And then same thing happened next episode. I fucking hate that app. Oh Seven God. years old. I was so upset. I was like, oh God, it's such an emotional place. I just, I, oh, garbage. Absolute garbage. Yeah, that, that that destroys the ending if you have to stop mid-tier yep. and go it back. It never, I noticed, almost never happens with the newer treks. So it's like they're just literally dedicating less bandwidth and time on everything except their flagship mm. products Well, now. it's because these ones come out on the on that network so they know exactly where the ending's going to fall and all this well, shit. Well, this has never happened before. It's just a fun new glitch they've Yay. decided to have. Also, I always, like, every Voyager episode we've watched has crashed at least once midstream. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's a garbage app. So, yeah, it did kind of fuck up the flow of the... the you know, dramatic climax of the episode, so that was fun. We got back to it very easily, though. It yeah, very, I was just, it was it's a just very sad prepare scene. to cry more and go. I was so mad. I was like, God damn it, Star Trek. So you know, so he was at first he was like, oh, you know, I don't want to deal with this dead child thing, so I'm just going to shut down the program and no, never go back to it. And then Tom convinces him that like, no, you kind of got to play it out. Mm. But you know, he only plays out the death. Oh yeah, he never goes back. Yeah, he's that. never going like back. there's there's so much other shit now, like the the psychological problems that he mm-hmm. and his family are going to have to deal with yep. as a result of, of losing a child, throwing all of Bell's oh. stuff into the replicator. I was saying that I was like, wow, you and your wife are going to be divorced within six months. Yeah, you're like you're not going to make it through that. No, he's like, just never going to. He's just never going to turn that program back on. 
No. I mean, I, I'm sure we're supposed to pretend he sticks with it, but no, the show has very little continuity. So. Yeah, and even if he does, like, you, I, I would, I would wish that they'd at least like drop a hint somewhere for him to like say, like, oh yeah, I just got back from dinner with the family, and nope, we're just never going to hear from it again because that's how this this series do. Well, my uh, my son almost immediately went back to his friends and killed the guy as part yep. of that ritual. There was a robbery. It did not end well. <laughs> And now his second child has died. Jesus. Oh, gosh. Uh, so I liked the the scene where Tom convinces the EMH to go back in because the whole time I'm reading it as, this is Tom admitting he misses his salamander babies. He wishes he could go back. He's like, I will never have closure with my salamander babies because fucking Chakotay just decided to leave them. I mean, so the here bird I thought, has definitely eaten those babies by now. And they were delicious. Here I thought you were going to make a, like, Tom and his dad have problems type reference, but nope. Salamander babies. Always salamander babies. See, that's what I had said, was, you know, when the doctor was bitching at him and being like, oh, you must have been, you know, driven your parents mad. It's like, wow, doc, you surely have read my psychological profile and know my history with my father, so thanks for bringing that up, you bald asshole. Curb Your Enthusiasm, where Larry's oh, trying God. to say that bald asshole is like a slur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the cop's like, well, I'm bald. With all due respect, officer, you shaved your head, you chose to be bald. Because <laughs> 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 they scrawled bald, bald asshole, asshole on his door. door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he earned it. Yeah, well, no, on this one I think he's kind of right, because oh, these wow. girls who are, like, kind of too old to be trick-or-treating and who are clearly they not... They weren't even in costumes. And they're not in costumes, he doesn't give them candy. Oh. Okay, that's... So they TP yeah, okay, his house. Yeah, they TP his house and, like, egg it, and they write bald asshole on his door. Okay, I'm actually on his side this time. For once. Like, I think it's the one time where he's, like, justifiable, and people are still like, yeah, but Larry, just give him the candy, Susie. Larry, you stupid fuck, just give him the candy! And it's like, no, no, this time he's right. I'm going to bring it back to Star Trek. No! Sorry. Because <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask what you guys think of the one and only time we see Bolana's hair like this. Oh, I hated yeah. it. What was with that braid? I meant to bring that up. I was going to joke that, you know, the most important part of this episode, of course, Bolana's new hairdo. I bet you she's been, because, you know, this, we're in 1997 by now, so clearly she's been watching Clueless. <laughs> As if. <laughs> this is where I admit I've actually never seen that movie. I also have not seen it. Really? Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. I know oh, it's wow. probably a little weirder a than movie. I have it. It's, it. it's supposed to be Isn't good. It got just... Young, young, sexy Paul Rudd in it, who basically uh, just looks like old, sexy. Paul he looks Rudd. exactly the yeah, same. Yep. I think, I think. But yeah, so... I liked the makeup that they did on her ridges, though. That was what I noticed. I actually didn't even look at her hair, even after you said it. But I loved what they were doing with her forehead. Yeah, the little side braid was weird. Yeah, I found it a little distracting, especially because I know this is the one time we're going to see it. Mm-hmm. I was it's wondering. never going to come back. Good, it didn't look good. Well, I mean, so was it supposed to be like a flirting with Tom look? There like, was so much flirting with Tom. I know. This yeah. and next Both episodes, episodes yeah. holy shit. They're definitely, they're definitely going to bang if they haven't already. Well, and that's also why they needed Tom Paris to go on the little runabout or whatever the fuck shuttle so that we could have Bolana clutching her pearls and wondering if he was going to... Mm. Become deadified. Deadified. I did like that. Uh, Bolana Un- re- unalive. Bolana referred to the to the Stepford family as lollipops. Mm. I thought that was a great term for that. Yeah, it yeah. was. Pause the program. Because they all suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pause the program. What did she say? Like before my blood sugar spikes or yes. something. Yeah. 
yeah, of all people to invite to that. Like, no one was gonna like it, but, like... Well, you could was... see on her face, as soon as he just called his wife the little woman... Yeah, yeah. She was like, oh, I'm gonna ruin you and your family. <sighs> and then she really did. I mean, Bellana, I think you went too far. I mean, I understand, but damn. Fucking... Little one of them, Bell, or Bella, whatever. One of them gets in the pool, and the ladders just vanish. He's like, what happened? <laughs> In one in the more one of the more recent The Sims, they can crawl out, and I'm very pissed. Son of a bitch. See, I was about to say, like, I mean, I get that the ladder makes it easier, but you yeah, should be able. To, yeah. Well, Sims characters in like like I think Sims one and two couldn't. Yeah, no, I mean that was a running gag for ages. I'm, I'm sure someone has made a mod for the newer one where they forget how to get out of a pool if you remove the ladders. <laughs> I mean, I no. Guess I'm still swimming. What you only just gonna do now is you have to remove the ladders and then build a wall right up against the edge of the pool. Yep, that'll do it. A little more effort, but you know. Yeah, you need to use a certain mod because I don't think they allow walls within. Oh, good that, point. That close of pool. Maybe you but... can put like a bunch of furniture up against it. I don't know. Don't they know that people only play The Sims so they can kill their Sims? Actually, I've never intentionally killed a Sim in The Sims. I have to admit. So many. I didn't even know you'd ever played it. Oh yeah, I have The Sims Four. It's like anything else like that. I I don't really. I'm not really interested in designing homes. So it oh, has... that's the best part. No, see, I hate that shit. I don't like doing it. I have no sense of it. It's really hard for me to do it. Yeah, to download other people's custom ones. That can be fun. Well, that's also fine, but I just... Meh. I just like, you know, I like starting off with the little space that you can afford, and then just... it. Sometimes, like, all right, let's try to make these extensions logical. And then other times, like, what can I afford? And you just wind up with this fucking Frankenhouse. Yep. Frankenhouse. The last house I made. I haven't played in the ages. The last house turned out really nice. Had a nice, like, upper deck area eventually. It was good. How are your lower decks? Hey. Uh, pretty nice. Nice. There should be a Sims game that's uh, on instead of a house, it's a starship. Oh, that would be a good one. See, I would try that. You can just kill Alexander. Yeah, and you can jettison Finny. Yeah, all the time. Really, all they just need is just get some licensed uh, Trek skins. They've already done some licensed Star Wars tie-over tie-in stuff. Oh, well, just cost. They never though. will. Then, right? I mean, eh, not necessarily. This was years ago. Can't cross the streams. <laughs> Uh, I think the last note I have is that I thought it was fucking hilarious that after they survive this space tornado thing, and they're like, well, we should get the fuck out of here then, shouldn't we? And Janeway says, no, wait. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. What if we, we survived this time? So let's try it again. I forgot about <laughs> that. that. Thank you crazy. for reminding me. Because, yeah, my reaction, she was like, well, wait. And it's like, is anyone going to object? Any? No? Okay. There's, there's coffee in that nebula. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, seriously, like, oh, wow, this almost killed us. For scientific reasons, we should look at it. How many different ways can it kill us? Like, are you quietly suicidal and we're just not noticing? Like, what's going on? Let's self-destruct the ship. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, she does do that a lot. So much. Well, then there you go. Maybe. Anything else? I was going to say on that board. Speaking of self-destructing the ship, don't know. (laughs) How about trying to self-destruct your whole society? Sure, there we go. That's, that's sort of a great yeah. idea. Sounds like our society right now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, to keep from that's the thing about this episode. It was like too uh, fucking real. I was like, ooh. So. What was it about, Chris? <laughs> in Distant Origin, we start off in a cave where we find what I assume is Hogan's corpse. That's what I was thinking. And we meet the Voth. Who's Hogan again? He He's was... the one that got eaten by that snake, that giant snake. Yeah, they they there was a his... giant snake in this show in, in basics. Yeah, he was the one that like by the the Kazons. He was kind of buddies with the guy who was the Kazon turncoat. 
but he wasn't the turn. Like, I think they maybe tried to imply he was for two minutes before they revealed it was the toothy guy. Yeah, not Jonas, but Hogan. Yeah. The two of them were interchangeable until they tur- turned, out, turned out Jonas was Hogan. a bad guy. Yeah. And he, pop- Hogies. he kept popping up for a while, then they killed him. So anywho, they found Hogan's uniform and a skull, and this one lizard dude is like, holy shit, they share a bunch of genetic markers with us. I think I might be right. And uh, they eventually, you know, they, they start talking to other people. They find some artifacts from Voyager. They eventually find the ship. And uh, beam on board with their special cloaking technology so at first no one can see them to study them and things like that. They don't have Prime Directive at fucking all. Well, I mean, at first they're not trying to interfere. Oh, I skipped a bit. They do go to their, like, city ship first to be like, we want resources to keep doing this study. And uh, Odala, their their chief old person, is like... I'll think about it. And she clearly is not happy. And his daughter is all like, um, the main scientist's daughter is like, I want to fuck Veer hard. And Veer is like, I want to fuck your daughter hard. And (laughs) the Fora gig and the main guy is at first like, you know, our family traditionally marries this other one. But traditions are made to be broken. So he's totally down with it. It was so cute. It was. It was. But we'll get to that bastard Veer later. Um, (laughs) That fucking rat fuck. So yeah, they kind of go looking kind of on their own. They don't technically have permission when they get to Voyager. And they're all like, oh, don't worry. They're they're not that advanced. They won't detect us. Harry detects them. Go Harry. And then their force fields keep their... Not transporter, but their equivalent of transporter from working right. They eventually chase them down, manage to deactivate their cloaks with a special phaser beam. The younger scientist freaks out and knocks out Chakotay with a little bony thing. The older scientist grabs Chakotay and beams away. The younger scientist is captured and... Goes into hibernation, which is great. Yeah, which is a good way to avoid having to answer questions. Bad for, for a prey species, but good for this guy. Yeah, yeah. So meanwhile... You know, Chakotay wakes up, and again, you know, in, in what has really turned out to be a hallmark of the character, is just like, look, dude, let, let's just talk, huh? He also, this episode breaks one of the main rules of Star Trek. He's told he's being held in by an energy field and doesn't immediately reach up to touch it <laughs> so we see it flash. Red letter fucking day. Mm. So yeah. Because that shit probably hurts. Probably, I'd be willing to take their fucking word for it. Yeah. But yeah, so Chakotay ends up getting Gagan to talk to him, and they sit, and they shoot the breeze, and, you know, Chakotay's like, oh shit, we might be related. Meanwhile, back on the ship, they discover the same thing via scanning and such, and they go into the holodeck and perfectly extrapolate the species. Thanks, um, holodeck. So they're like, well, and, you know, and Chakotay's like, all right, bring me back to my ship, we'll get your guy, we'll smooth this all over. And Gagan's like, no, no, we, we gotta go back to my ship, because I'm in so much trouble, but if you're there with me, everything will be fine. And Chakotay's like, yeah, fine, because... He's the right guy. But then before they can do any of that, the city ship that is there, as far as I can tell, where they all live, maybe? It's a little vague. It's huge. It's fucking enormous. They literally beam the whole of Voyager into its guts. Everyone's arrested. There's a trial. And she's like, you know, despite... It's a Cardassian trial. Oh, yeah, yeah. The decisions have already been made. You know, Veer has been threatened in some capacity and chickens out. It's like, we were wrong. Typical Veer. Yeah, loser. And then, you know, she's like, well, you're all going to prison, including the Voyager people. And that makes Gagan go, fine, I'll recant. They reassign him to metallurgy, which he's bad at. So he'll just kind of be forgotten. Voyager's allowed to go on its merry way. And in what, to me, was actually a really sweet, touching moment. Chakotay gives Gagan a model yeah. of the Earth, a little globe. He says, one day, one day your people will see this again. And that was really mm-hmm. sweet. But for now, skip the fuck away. Okay, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do not tell... 
the fucking technologically superior race of sentient dinosaurs where Earth is. Do not tell them! <laughs> but, well, see, they don't seem to have any interest in... They don't now, but if, if, if Gagan had won, if they were like, oh yeah, you know what? Earth is our homeland. Let's have a family reunion. Look, at the end of the day... These fucking monkeys have taken over our house? Fuck that shit! At the end of the day... They've dealt with the board. They'll figure out how to deal with these dinosaurs. You see how big that ship is? Yeah, these guys might be more advanced than the board. Here's the thing. We're doing a pretty shitty job. So maybe it's time for our dinosaur overlords to return. No, no, we're doing a shitty job right now. The Federation's imperfect, but doing all right. They're getting better. I, for one, bow to our dinosaur overlords. Well, like, here's the thing, right? I definitely do. So, these... These people, the, the, the Voth, have been spacefaring for 65 million years. Yeah. yeah. Right? So this mm-hmm. isn't like every other species that we see in space, except for maybe the Q, are fucking babies. Yeah, even the Vulcans. Even the yeah. Vulcans. The Vulcans aren't, like, compared to, like, we're as advanced as the Vulcans are, according to the Voths, because, like, literally, they've been tooling around the galaxy for millions of years. They made it to the Delta Quadrant. And the fact yeah. that and the fact that they've been doing this for millions of years and still have this weird religious belief about very earth. Yeah, very <laughs> earth. Thing. I can I can see our our society in millions of years having advanced far enough to do whatever the fuck and still having that contingent, that very loud contingent. Fuck it up for everyone else. You still see our society existing in millions. <laughs> we'll be lucky if we make thinking. it to the end of this century. Um, oh, wow. Too true. It's all right. I won't make it to the end of the century, so Me I don't Me either. Care. Who cares? Wow. Way to sound like Republicans. Uh, okay. Yeah, but the difference is, is, like, I'm not going to have children and, like, be a hypocrite. If I had children, I would care about the future. I care about the future and I'm not having kids. I mean... I want the space dinosaurs to come back and solve everything. You know whose future? I care more about the future of the planet, and it will be much better off once we're gone. I think the lizards had their chance, the monkeys had their chance, birds next. Yay! But the birds are dinosaurs. That's true. That's just just the dinosaur rebound. All right, then the the quokka. Birds are on the decline right now, if you've heard. Um, Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm waiting. What are the the giant sentient cat people? I would be on board for that. According to Futurama, there's a period where giant uh, sentient carrots take over. There you go. Sounds delicious. <laughs> nah. So here's the thing. Tell us the thing. What's the thing? If so, the Voth, right? Yeah. They, they so they've been around for millions of years. So they've literally seen potentially thousands, and they have technology to like do duck blinds, obviously, yep. right? Yep. So they've probably and they and they're interested in research, right? They have like all these art, yeah. like these archaeological and research as long as it proves what we already believe. Well, yeah. it's, apparently it's researching. I'm guessing mostly what they do is research other cultures. Yeah. So they've probably seen thousands of species evolve and go into decline. So they know that evolution is a thing. Yeah. But here's the thing. The Voth, being from uh, the other part of the galaxy, there's no fossil record. Like, mm-hmm. fr- like they have no evidence that they themselves mm-hmm. evolved. 
True. True. So, so the human parallels are just so the, the, the insurmountable. So the the conclusion then would be we oh we must be the first species. So, I mean I can it seems really ignorant to say that, but it also is somewhat understandable that that they would have that belief because there's there's nothing. Yeah, they're the oldest ones, and they can't yeah. make anything older. Yeah, it does sort of address something that's always kind of I found interesting with not just Star Trek but science fiction in general that has like humans in a um diverse alien-filled universe is like how many species went through a mass extinction event start over like earth did like it feels like humans should be super late to the party Mm. and we almost never are you know like yeah we're later to the party than say the vulcans but not by a huge amount you know well but that's the thing there's so many older species older races in the galaxy that have just died out yeah you know yeah but it does seem funny that, like, some, conveniently, like, there's all these ones that are established to be super old, but somehow are still, like, not too far ahead of humanity, who then catch up very quickly. Here's the here's the, the tangential question that goes with that question. Do the Voth have that same DNA marker that we found in the chase? I thought about that and was like, should I even bother bringing that I'm going to bring it up. up. God damn it. I'm glad someone did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does, it, yeah, this episode definitely doesn't jive with the chase. Unless... Unless one of those 47 or 40-whatever markers that were similar between the Voth and the humans is that decoded, like, using yeah. the using the special, like, colored ring over, over a piece of red paper kind of thing. That's the one. Hook that up with the same ones from the Romulans and the Klingons, then mm. they go to the chase planet. Yeah, Salome Jens talks to you. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I because uh, man, they should have had her chief think, lizard person just I, to I really mean, fuck I don't think with everyone. They really established in the chase how old that had all been. Because mm. if it was pre-dinosaur, Ooh, or post-dinosaur, yeah. like we don't know. Because here's the thing: the millions of years since dinosaur times, that's not insignificant. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. I mean, precursors to humans were still around during dinosaur times. They were like little rat things. Well, yeah, they were mammals, but they weren't humanoid. Fun fact, uh, the the precursors way, way back that eventually would become humans, almost wiped out by the precursors to squirrels. Stupid, <laughs> stupid squirrels. <laughs> and we got, we got our comeuppance with, by running them down with cars. Oh, oh. poor squirrels. Oh, they, this... But they're this, stealing our bird seed. This could have been a squirrel planet. That's so much better. <laughs> just like Albany. That's what the whole world would look like. I just, oh my god. It would have been I'd like to think it'd be a such a better world if if intelligent squirrels ruled the planet. Oh, it's like a whimsical children's novel. Yeah. But like, it's humans... like the Brian Jacques Red uh, Redwall series. The squirrels are great in those books. The first humans are what, like a million years ago, if that? Fuck if I know. I've forgotten how how time I don't think works it's that far. Things. I don't think it's that far back. Yeah, I mean, like Homo sapiens are like within the yeah, last fifty thousand years. But if you're talking about, years, but yeah, if you're talking about any, like yeah, like any humans, like it's not that long ago. So there's plenty of time in between for Salome Jens to come by and yeah, and come on our planet. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, I did. I did look up that weird little lizard they talk about was real, but yeah, I couldn't yeah. find out if it was actually the last known sort of before the split between warm and cold. Yeah, yeah. I loved the little image we get on the holodeck of I forget what it's called. It's like I 
Itrops or something like that. Yeah, I, it, and it's not at all spelled like you think. Oh, good. But they just look like the happiest little yeah. lizard. I wanted Happy to play with him. Yeah. I did love, you know, again, in, in, in a sort of a... God, what's that stupid abduction episode of TNG? I was thinking of that one, too. Uh, I don't remember the name but of it. But where they're just like... They give it a give couple, us a table. Yeah, table. And yep. they give it like a very minor request for was change, it and it gets the exact. No, it wasn't night no. terrors, but it gives you the exact fucking thing. It's like they did not, and it's like eh, sure, play what it might look like. Oh, it's exactly right. Was it schisms? Might no it idea. Might have been schisms. Yeah. Either way, that one. I thought of that right away. It was just like okay, so give us a table. Do this. Do that exact table. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, come nothing, on. Nothing like the previous tables we've seen. Yeah, well, the, yeah, that definitely. I also, yeah, I wish they had made the makeup on the holodeck generated one look a little different at least. Yeah. Or at least left their feathers on. Yeah. Mm. We didn't know about dinosaurs having feathers yeah. yet. Though. Well, I think we knew by them, but it hadn't really leaked into popular culture. I mean, this is also definitely the, the Genesis school of evolutionary biology. Yeah. The episode or? Yeah, this, yeah the episode Genesis. Okay. I can't tell if you're joking. No, I mean, okay. it is, because it's ridiculous. Not, not the book of the Bible, which is also ridiculous. Yeah, yeah the, the premise, I will say, is a little, like, bonkers, but overall I enjoyed the execution. Yeah, I think the, the premise being bonkers, like, you can't think about it too no, hard. No, God don't. But the, like, they went full Galileo with this oh, thing, yeah. and I respect that hard. Yeah, was it Galileo? I couldn't remember. I was yeah, saying I thought it was, it was Copernicus. Yeah, and Galileo just the, the acting of... Uh, Heliocentrism. Uh, Henry War- Warrenitz, who played Gagan, who we've seen before, and we'll oh. see some more. Hmm. He was Jadan in the Drumhead, yeah. that Klingon who was smuggling information. Oh, okay, okay. We've um, seen him before, and we'll see him some more. We will, and he was really good in this. He was good. He was like, great. his character had all this nuance, and he discovered yeah. all this stuff, and it was really good. Yeah, like, at first I was like, wait, what are we doing? But then, like, once... So at first, oh, this is going to be dumb. But then it was like, oh, no, it's actually... Because, again, like I said, he was really well done. They did good work with Chakotay, which... Oh, yeah. Like like we've been saying, like, when he's not being used to just sell stereotypes, when they just let him... Like, again, he's immediately like, oh, okay, well, look, you you know, so other people, you know, wake up, you've been captured, all this shit might immediately be, like... Angry and like combative. Yeah, he's just he's like sympathetic. Dude, him. let's let's talk. What's going on? We he always can, tries to find common ground. Talk to Chakotay. Yeah. Tell Chakotay Chico- all your Chico- problems. Chakotay like had to lie to him and say, "Yeah, I'm a scientist." Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's like, "Wait, what? You were?" Because I feel like you talked about doing pilot training in his academy days. I felt like he was definitely always I more I feel like everybody that's in Starfleet thinks they're a fucking scientists. I mean, here's the thing: compared to us, they probably well, fucking sure. are. They, yeah, they had to study in Starfleet. But I do feel academy, like so. he was probably always command trap, and like Janeway, who was science that fell into command later. Here's what should have happened, right? When Chakotay's uh-huh. like, why don't you take down this force field so we can do first contact the right way? And then he's like, all right, I'll take down the force field. Oh, and no. then Chakotay immediately strips. Damn it, Chakotay. This time. is how we do first contact where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, but what I really what like... Is that, what's that weird dangly bit? <laughs> Oh, that's the that's your head fin. That's where it went. Uh, but no, what <laughs> Do the I really eggs come out of that? Liked about Chakotay this episode was his talk about you know t- to the fucking Odala, the Voth minister, oh, her. about ancestry and heritage, mm. which is especially poignant coming from Chakotay. Yeah, and really good use because it never brought it never hit you over the head. No, nope. he didn't have to go into a my people this and that, yep. or my people have a saying this and this. Uh, he would just let it pre- be his presence. Yeah. Great work. 
Yeah. As someone who recently learned that my ancestors were aliens. <laughs> I also appreciate, like, look, you guys, I've been, I'm a quick read. I've read a lot of your history in, like, two days, and you were afraid of advancement before and almost didn't fucking use transwarp, you dumb idiots. Like, come on. The queen, uh priestess lady there had a had a speaking of the drum hat had had almost a um uh settee vibes a, a, well she always had a settee moment when she's like we are not immigrants mm, yeah like I, I was getting a lot of kai win off of her yeah well, the, well there's, the like, religion, yeah, there's like the religious angle which is very kai win and then there's the admiral settee which is <laughs> like yeah. i'm gonna be like calculating and and Oh, but you made me angry, so now I'm gonna yell at you for a bit. Yeah. I was getting a lot of uh, the doctor don't hang out with uh, Klingons vibes. <laughs> fucking racist ass bitch. Oh yeah. What no. is that doing here? She was excellent too. I actually I thought I recognized her voice, but I looked her up, and while she has been in so much and done a lot of stage work, I personally have never seen any of her other work. So yeah, well they were yeah. I mean the fact that they were just so disgusted that we're not related to these. Fucking monkeys. Monkeys. They these, stink. These mammals. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, of course it smells. They are mammalian. Yeah, they Smelly don't have the bastards. smell glands we do. They can't smell their own filth. But yeah, I mean, for an episode. Thank God, frankly. <laughs> for an episode that the premise of which is. Stupid? Is. Kind of. What if dinosaurs, but in space? Mm. <laughs> like, it actually turned out pretty well. Yeah, no, it's it, it, like. I, I was getting ready to just kind of half half-ass paying attention because it was going to be terrible, but it really grabbed me once. Yeah. It's it's one of very few things I can credit Rick Berman and say good job because Jesus Christ, Rick Berman. Wow, broken clock. Because I guess, like, the, the premise was what if dinosaurs but with automatic weapons, which... I would still watch, but I, but doesn't have doesn't have this uh, impact. Ooh. And then Berman happened along, and I don't know how it came to this, but he suggested, why don't you do a Galileo and add some humanity to the to these characters and, and to the story? Wow! And they did it, and they did it very well. I thought. Jesus! So really, double red letter day. No touch in the force field, and Rick Berman <laughs> had a good idea. Jiminy Cricket. And that's literally his two times a day. <laughs> Yeah, that's much better, because what if dinosaurs but automatic weapons is just Planet of the Apes but lizards instead of apes? Or, like, mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, they didn't have automatic weapons. No, but Beep Up and Rocksteady did. But you'll recall that in Planet of the Apes, he was wrong. It was Earth all along. That's true. <laughs> you know, I've never actually seen the Planet of the Apes. I've... You know, I'm not sure if I... I, mean, I saw the terrible Tim Burton remake. Yeah, I, I saw the remake. Not... So them. here's... You, you, you really... only have to see the musical from The Simpsons. Yeah. Really, really, that's pretty much it. I have it's, seen that. It's there's a planet. There's sentient apes. They take a human astronaut prisoner for a while. He escapes and discovers that it was actually Earth. Yeah, that's the movie. And then there were a lot of oh, and there's and there's a sexy lady ape that, oh, that he exists. Nope, into. don't want that. Don't want that. Mm-mm. Although, I mean, I will say, I mean, the movie was fucking terrible, but the makeup in the Tim Burton one is really good. Isn't Gary Oldman in that? No idea. I don't think so. Of of the makeup, there was also a really nice little detail that I liked, and that was when the Voth, you know, they find Hogan. Thanks, Hogan. You you helped after all. And they they come up with a mapping of what what we think these guys might look like. Oh, yeah. And they're like... All, they're, they're just basically Voth, but with human body parts. Yeah. And green skin and scales and stuff. And then, you know, as they've been talking with people uh, who, who we met before, uh, they, they tell them, by the way, uh, these the, the humans, they look more like this. And they update their little file, and yeah. it's so cute. And they learned something that day. Yeah, they Though, have hair and skin, but they still have, like, like 
body fitting. Oh, they have like nine packs. Yes. That was one thing. Like in reality, like these two are scientists. They know what mammals are. Probably would have made their their first guess probably should have been like just covered in hair, not green. Like a yeti. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, they, they knew that they had common ancestry with them, so maybe they were thinking, maybe a little more of us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, but uh, yeah I mean, it was cute. I don't but know. it's, it, yeah, there's a great, um, I think there's they, there's a book, it's like a picture book that somebody did, and I know there, it, I've seen them online, but they're illustrations of modern day animals I've seen these. done in the style that paleontologists draw oh, dinosaurs. That sounds amazing. So it's basically they looked at, okay, this is the skeleton of... Of a goose. Yeah. Mm. Stretch skin over it. Yeah. And that, because and that, it doesn't have any and like other the benefits. artist that, that created it was like, yeah, I was noticing how, you know, every time people draw dinosaurs, they're basically just stretching skin over a skeleton. Yeah. But that's not what animals look like. You know, there's soft tissue. Yeah. I, I saw something vaguely similar. It wasn't that, but it was like. You'd have no idea we have noses. Yeah. Which actually even comes up in this, where they're like, it, they don't have some kind of bone or something. Mm. So they don't have a sense of smell. So what they do is very rudimentary. I think the elephant one was really creepy because it wouldn't have a trunk. Mm. Right, yeah. Because what would an elephant look like? And well, like no ears. Just, just like, oh, what well, is think this? Elephant skulls, they think, might be the origin of the Cyclops myth. Yeah, oh yeah. Because mm. then where the nose would be would just be a giant hole. I oh, saw wow. it. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they don't know for certain, but they think that's what it was. Yeah, but imagine like you're a prehistoric person and you come across a fucking skull of an elephant. Yeah, because it looks nothing like an elephant. But at the same time, see, I, that's an interesting theory, except humans have been hunting elephants for as long as there's been <laughs> well, humans. Presumably, what it, like, probably it would have to have been a skull seen somehow by someone who... Who hadn't seen an elephant. Yeah, like a skull made its way to Greece and they were like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I can, I can imagine like some kind of charlatan yeah, like, yeah. roving around. They come see the amazing Cyclops skeleton. Yeah. yeah. It's like I love how in, in Greek art, they don't know what lions look like. So when you tell one of them, draw me a lion, <laughs> they're like... To my to my best guess, this is what a lion looks it's like. like. And it's the weirdest cat. thing. <laughs> it's like a big cat with hairy head. It's actually vaguely weird. I will attempt to find it and share it, but um the first, for lack of a better the first space travel science fiction story actually dates to ancient Greece. Ooh. Because it was a guy mocking the travelogue writers of the time, because so many of them were clearly just making up bullshit. Hmm. So oh, he, like Herodotus and his fucking giant, giant ants, ants and, and stuff. Bullshit. So yeah, he, this guy wrote a story where like his ship gets thrown into the sky and he goes to the moon and like <laughs> gets caught up in like a, oh I think it's a war between the moon and the sun and all this other crazy stuff. Oh wow! From the video I watched, it's kind of like the highlights make it sound amazing but actually reading it is kind of tedious and painful but it sounds pretty interesting basically like anything else from that time period yeah uh. i mean really i think even up until fairly modern times like a lot of writing was tedious and painful well yes <laughs> uh, but like descriptions of 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 creatures yeah like even like i feel like you know like kipling like even in like victorian times mm. most you know there were photography wasn't prevalent most people probably yeah. hadn't seen a photograph of a lion yeah it was so easy to lie but yeah along the lines of what you were saying with the artist doing stuff i remember there was that one of like you know someone took like the skeleton of a penguin and the skeleton of a brontosaurus like pictures mm -hmm. it's like just saying and you say you could basically draw brontosaurus as looking like an enormous penguin <gasps> like it could have you know for all we know it's just got a big fucking belly and it waddles along and 
It was very cute. I hope that's the case. This, of course, we would be remiss to the nerds out there if we did not mention vague similarities to the Silurians of Doctor Who, who were also a species that evolved from dinosaurs and became semi-humanoid. But with them, they thought a, uh, basically a, a cataclysm was coming. Well, they were right. And rather than go to space, they went into stasis underground. Oh, so they stayed on Earth. They stayed on Earth underground, but then the issue was like they overestimated how long it would take the planet to recover or something. So they come out of stasis and humanity has evolved and taken over the planet. So they try to reconquer it from within. Ooh, that's kind of interesting. But yes, the episode itself. Yeah, one other thing that I saw was, you know, so the Voth city ship. Mm-hmm. Fucking huge. There's a cool um, article that I will al- that will also share on the on the Facebook uh, talking about the largest spacecraft in science fiction mm. that they can you know have definite proof of a thing. Uh, so basically, like mostly movies and, te- and television where you can see how big the thing is. Yeah. And this is one of the biggest in in that list because it would be about six miles long. Mm. Holy fuck! The biggest Star Trek vessel, Voyager. Which will be on the list. I forget how big it is, but it's fucking huge. Yeah, it's gargantuan. And the largest spacecraft in all of uh, science fiction, at least at the time this article was, was written, so I don't know if it's changed since then, the mothership in Independence Day. Oh. Is like 400 miles or something like Jesus. that long. The first one? The first Independence Day? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I think, my understanding, I didn't see it, but I think... The shitty, shitty, awful sequel had an even bigger mothership. Oh, no! So that's probably now the biggest one. Dang it. Every, I, I heard someone just... Why like, do you need a bigger ship? <laughs> based on what I heard, I won't spoil it. It's the spoil, stupidest... Spoil it now and cut it. Stupidest movie ever. So, yeah, it's a shame that first contact with the Voth didn't go so well because... It of, never would have. Yeah, but getting some of that sweet, sweet transwarp tech yeah. would have been cool. And the little cloaks. I will say, actually, to your point earlier, they don't, for all their technology, they apparently don't have interest in conquering anyone because they seem to just want to live on their big-ass ship. If you got a giant ship, why need anything else? Yeah, they don't seem to want to conquer anybody, so I guess the Earth is fine because mm. there's no sign they have. I have a feeling that somewhere in their archives they know where oh, they're yeah. actually from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just, it's a threat to the status quo yeah yeah that's like the first thing you learn when you become the elder is like so here's the truth now cover it up like how more trill can be yeah yeah seriously oh they are like the second worst after vulcans i was gonna say how where do they rank next to vulcans from everything we've seen second i could and you know who knows maybe we'll find out more about the tellerites and strange new worlds and they'll become the worst but mm. i doubt it did we keep Veer's little cloaking device? Because I know Tommy I'm sure used it at some point. I'm sure they got confiscated. Dang it. The other Bojos came. Yeah, I thought Bojos. it was a, a That was cool, though. A, the a, Tom. Good, a good joke when they made the apple disappear, and I wrote, how about them apples? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm funny. <laughs> I did like that Tom used it, though. That's pretty clever of him. Man. So now the Voth have downloaded the entire database of the Voyager. Mm-hmm. So they must have, like... A VOD copy of Jurassic Park. They're <laughs> gonna watch that and they're gonna be like, "These motherfuckers put us in a fucking zoo." Oh no that that that's that's presuming they're like the uh, the uh, Thermians. Thank you, and don't know what yeah. fiction is. These I... these historical documents have shown <laughs> us in, in a fucking zoo. Then they go to Earth to fuck yeah. it up, not to Those conquer. Poor just to like... people. <laughs> God, I could buy that too. They they seem like they wouldn't know what fiction is to 
bastards. Yeah. One thing I liked was I I I was there's the scene with the lamp, mm-hmm. and I was like, is that like designed to attract bugs so they can snack casually That's on them? Two seconds yeah. later, they're like, oh shit, I was right. Yeah. A stupid bugs. thing I said was right. Gonna have a snack lamp. Yeah, no, as soon as I saw that lamp, I'm like, oh, oh, they're gonna eat those bugs. So when I first see the lamp, because it's not very high def, it just looked like it was fuzzy. Mm. From when you were a little bit a little bit more far than looking at the bugs up close. Yeah, at I'm first... like, what is wrong with this with this rendering? Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was, I don't know, I thought it was actually good, but I liked it because I was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it was a nice touch. Like, it was. Some of the... Some of the dinosaur stuff that they did. Oh, like the line, your true scales are finally oh, yeah. showing. Yeah, like, like that expression. Didn't like that. No, I thought it was cute. Oh, I thought it was too silly. Jury's still out for me, but I could see both arguments. I mean, it was corny, but I think it was appropriate. There was one moment where you can tell the makeup must have screwed up uh, the actor's peripheral vision. No surprise. Because uh, there was a moment where, like, the two of them, when they were kind of close to each other in engineering, like, one was basically poking the other in the side of the head with his um, oh. little back fin. And it's like, oh, of course, the one can't see it, the other can't feel it. So they're just like, mock. Okay, am I the only one who noticed? Because, of course, I would notice this. Possibly. How excellent Odala's chair was. Oh, actually, no, I did. At the, uh, the very last scene, yeah, I yeah, did yeah. see it was all like spindly. I and, liked it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I want to. Uh, next next uh, chair installment we do, <laughs> expect to see that chair. But it's going to be hard to get a good picture, though, because it's. Yeah. She's always got, her, she's always got her fat ass sitting on well, it. Well, no, no, she, she, before the trial, she comes in, so there is a minute where you can see it, but it's not super well lit, and it's SD. And... Well, I have, a, I have a filter button on my oh, perfect. thing, so. Perfect. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah. Yeah, it's very nice. Had a very, like, swampy feel. Like, they like, grew it. Ooh. Yeah, I think the other, the one last thing I wanted to bring up from my notes is I was getting a lot of also, like, Darmok vibes, because mm. both sides of people came to the same conclusion entirely independently of each other. Like, they get the DNA from Veer and they're like, these guys were fucking dinosaurs! <laughs> and then... Chakotay and Gagan are talking, and Gagan says, I'm a fucking dinosaur! <laughs> and they tell them, like, everybody gets to know. <laughs> Roar. <laughs> I will call it this land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be you... great if the, the toy that, that Chakotay had given him at the end was like a little T-Rex doll. No! <laughs> one, of the, one, of the, uh, one of the little fucking shitty Jurassic Park ones. Yeah. It's that, specifically that raptor that you pull back on its legs, and it goes, ah! Uh, I had that toy. <laughs> I don't think I had any of them. I just remember the ads with like super buff Alan Grant with our net launcher. It's like, what? The, did you see the same movie as me? Doesn't matter. It's kids' toys. No, I know. But even at the time, I was just like, what? What? no, that wasn't the movie in the least. Um, yeah, it was. Remember that scene where Alan Grant takes down that big dinosaur? And it was, was built was it like, like a terid- It was like a pterodactyl or something. I don't remember. I feel like they sold pterodactyl toys in spite of the fact that I don't think you ever see a pterodactyl in that fucking movie. Not in the first mm-hmm. one, at least. Listen, it's not in the movie, but it's in the games that the kids are going to play with the action figures. Mm. I'm going to segue us out of here. Uh, you remember how I was saying that Odala was giving me big Kai Win vibes? Well, let's talk about Bajorans this week. We're yes, gonna, let's. We're getting, coming to the end of our alien race uh, discussions for our Blogtivity Corner. So this week is Bajoran week. Boy, we see a bunch of them in, in uh, Deep Space Nine, don't we? We yep. sure do. Yeah. 
And there's that one in the cartoon that I think a lot of people like. The cartoon, oh, yeah. you say? Yeah, I can't sure. think of his name. I, like I might bring him up later. Yeah. Oh. But does someone want to bring up anything now? Yeah. I'll bring up some things. Do it. Get it, Caitlin. Uh, okay, obviously my favorite is Kira. Yeah. Lada. She's awesome. She's hot. She's formidable. She's got a mirror universe person that's also really cool. Okay, are both Kira and Mirror Kira on your list? No, no, no. I, what? I'm encapsulating that as both. Oh. I like all sides totally of Kira. Different. Mixed opportunity. Totally different people, though. <laughs> I know, but I only have to think of them as two different people in the first episode where they meet and they almost bang. Or mm. Kira wants to bang. Or rather, intended Kira wants to bang Kira. Super Nintendo Kira. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Kira. I also would say Kai Win Because nice. I fucking love to hate that bitch that so That bitch is so good. Much. And, so well written and acted. Yeah, and Louise she's Fletcher, so, excellent. She's so fucking tragic because even at the end, even at the end, the prophets are like, fuck you, bitch. Well, and there's several times where she like comes so close to getting it and just won't let herself get it. Which is really reminiscent of like current politics. Where Republicans are like, what? Do what? Do liberals want us to just hand over our guns? And we're like, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like, whatever. I mean, I want that, but whatever. And, Give me your guns. And I feel like this is a cop out, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to say Zial. Okay, that's because, not a cop out. Because if Spock well, is, a Vul- is a Vulcan, goddammit, she's a Bajoran. She is, she definitely is. You, she can be on your Cardassian list too when we do Cardassians. She won't be. Rats. Because there are way more interesting uh, mm. Cardassians than there are Bajorans. Yeah, but because, Bajoran, like, consider, I think she's very interesting. I was going to say, because consider that our other Bajorans are like Vedic Burial <laughs> and Chaka Khan, who are right, Stop listing additional Bajorans, because some of us might have those on our list. If any of you have Vedic Burial on your list, <laughs> I'm going to vomit in anger. Okay. What about uh, Mirror Burial? <gasps> Mirror Burial right. was also boring and sounded yeah. like Adam West. Uh, he's like, more fuckable. Though. I will. Say, he's not on my list, but Mirror Burial I liked. Mm. Actually, I didn't. Even, I didn't hate original, but there's no way he's making top. I three. didn't hate him. He's just the most boring motherfucker on the planet. And again, sounds like exactly like whose name I can't now think of. Adam, Adam West. West sounds mm. just like Adam West. Anyway, Jake, you wanted to go. It sounds like. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, I can go. Um, yeah, I was. I will say in compiling this list, it occurred to me that. There are very few Bajoran men who are remotely interesting. Mm. True. Um, yeah, yeah. I could think of maybe two that I was like, okay, I could consider these for my list, and then they didn't even make my list. So, <laughs> yeah, but Bajoran seem to be, the, the Bajoran women are definitely way more interesting than the men. It sounds like when I was uh, talking about Klingons the other week. Yeah. Um, and I liked all the Klingon ladies. And I guess it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't hurt that most of the Bajoran characters that are featured are, are women, I guess, you know. True. The or the of... most development, I think, we yeah. get out of uh, Klingon. Nope. Bajoran. Damn it. Bajoran women. Um, <laughs> and so, Klingon. So my list, I'm going to start with one of the same ones that Caitlin mentioned and say Kira Norris. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, because she is uh, awesome for all the reasons that Caitlin already said. Yep. I'm going to move on to, uh, I guess you could say, Kira's spiritual predecessor, Ro Laren. Sweet. Again, you know, she's got she's a badass in many of the same ways that Kira is, but the fact that she's Starfleet and has a chip on her shoulder and challenges and gets has to put up with a lot of bullshit, especially from Riker. Yeah, oh, she's God damn it, a lot of bullshit. But I feel like she also challenges Picard on on mm-hmm. occasions, yep. um, which is something that not many people do. 
Who would? I know. Who Q. Would. Only Q. And uh, yeah, and I just I really like Roe. I really you know I wished I wouldn't trade Kira for anything, but I also wish that we had had more opportunities to learn more about Roe. I wish they, I wish she they should have been in Voyager. The, she should have been on. I I would. That I would have been good. Poor Kano Again, Lewis I don't want to. I don't want to trade Belana Torres for anyone either, because I also like Belana. We can have both. Why not? She could have been Chakotay. There have been too many women for a Star Trek show. Damn it! Way too many. <laughs> too woke. God damn it! Which is honestly unfortunate, because as you sort of just alluded to, I feel like all the female characters are the most interesting ones. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would have loved it if Roe was a member of the the Maquis crew. And then my third, uh, another female Bajoran lady. Cito Jackson. Oh, good, good. Who? That's a Jackson. good one. She was uh, Wesley's squad mate. Squad mate in the first duty, and then returned for lower decks, and was the Bajoran who was killed. Yeah. In the line of duty. Yeah. Got guilted into going on that mission by yeah. Picard, the asshole. Yeah. Oh, the she blonde. Yes. Yeah. yeah she blonde. blonde girl. Yeah. She yeah. did. She did some Klingon guitar with Worf. Yep. Yeah. To the death. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know because I really liked. You know, she fucked up. She mm-hmm. was part of Tom Paris's band of dickheads. Yep. And, you know, it's mentioned, it's talked about in the episode that, like, her career could have been over before it started, but Picard wanted to make sure that she got a chance, so specifically requested her for the Enterprise. Yeah. And she proved herself. And she proved herself. She did, you know, a real good job at getting killed. <laughs> um, Sad face. <laughs> but you know she earned the respect of not just Picard but of Worf uh, and really the entire crew I yeah think. and that's a character that I'm glad they didn't bring back because I know they were thinking yeah, real we hard about, about it, it. Ago. they're like what if Cito's alive and that would lessen Lower Decks as an episode yeah. so fuck much. you guys but yeah nice nice see I actually did think of a couple of good Bajoran fellas for my list. Mm-hmm. No, you uh, didn't. Non-existent. Nope, I did it. I did it. All right. I'll um, believe it when I hear let's, it. Let's not start with that one, though. Let's start with fucking Ensign Rowe, because goddammit, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Jake, uh, like uh, Ensign Rowe, and I think the reason I'm putting her so high on my list is because she is exactly what TNG needed. Mm-hmm. out of a character. You know, they killed off Yar, and they're like, well, fuck women characters now. Yeah. They're all gonna suck now. No, but Troy was there. <laughs> Thanks, Caitlin. Hey, she had that one episode where she was there and and Crusher. And if you recall, they did do yoga together in front of a mirror. (laughs) And talked about boys. And talked about boys. Again, the the Romulan episode with Troy. Oh, it's fucking epic. It's great, but it also just makes you think, wow, you have been wasting her. Big time. Yeah, but I also think introducing the Bajorans to TNG with with Ensign Roe, also really good idea. Because then we're able to build on them more... Both in TNG and then like whoa in Deep Space Nine, so so good on Ensign Rowe for bringing it, for for starting everything off so well. My my two Bajoran fellas that I'm gonna shout out for my list. Chris alluded to already because Chris doesn't know is a uh, Shax from Lower Decks. Nah, there we go. That's his name. One of few things I like about that show, but I do like Shax a whole lot. I remember when we were doing our ideal bridge cruise for our oh, yeah. 200th anniversary. Uh, Liz put him on her on her ideal crew list. I forgot about that. And that was a great idea because Shax is a great character. Uh, he is the the giant, burly Bajoran security uh, officer, security chief. and But he's also, like, got such a warm heart. I'll not spoil the really great thing they do with his character that's, also, that, that's both, like, heart-wrenching 
and hilarious and perfect and perfectly Star Trek that they do with this character. So I, one day when we cover Lower Decks, you guys will see it and you'll understand why Shax is on my list. Good for him. Like him on a whole lot. And I wanted to, you know, find an, uh, another kind of like more unsung Bajoran to ground out the list. So I'm going with Mullabach from the episode Progress. He was the guy who was building that oven and wouldn't leave the Bajoran Oh, oh yeah, he's great. Oh, I forgot his name. Yep. I like him an awful lot. He's just such a stubborn bitch. Stubborn old goat. He makes friends with Kira, and the two of them come to understand each other, and it's just so sweet. And, and then she destroys, destroys his, his fucking, fucking kiln. Up. What yeah. a dick. Uh, really good, because that was relatively early on, That too, was season it? one, yeah. And was that was already super early. Already dealing with, like, just, you know, complicated questions and uncomfortable realities and stuff. Dude, that show, it's still my fave. I know we haven't gotten that far away from it yet, but, like, I, I I can't imagine anything unseating Deep Space Nine in my heart. She is so dedicated to her rewatch, she's not even skipping the bad episodes. I rewatched, oh uh, Are you going to rewatch Prophet and Lace, though? Yeah, probably. I she just rewatched just... the Bashir episode where he's old, Distant Voices, that's what it's called. <laughs> Well, at this point, you can laugh at that one. There's no laughing. Can I, though? Did you? No. Dang it. (laughs) You can at least laugh at Julian's stupid little accent he's pulling. So, I'm very old. (laughs) 30, am I right? Fucking aged, bro. Decrepit. So, uh, I literally have no one on my list that hasn't already been said. Nice. Good job. So, I would We know what we like. I would like to say, you know, I did consider Cito Jackson. I feel like she kind of got screwed. I mean, the character story is amazing, but she did... She got guilted into that mission. That was some bullshit. She got hosed. I know he's a little stiff and milk toast, but there's something really interesting about the idea of Lee Nellis to me. Oh, yeah, Lee Of, like, a guy who's thought of to be this huge legend, and he's yeah. like, I am so not. And that episode fucking pushes him to the background so the whole quickly, time. So quickly, it's a bummer. And you're like, where's Lee? <laughs> It's like the opposite of when Quark, uh, what the fuck is it called? Oh, when he kills. When he like accidentally kills that Klingon. Yeah. He, and starts he sells himself. it. Yeah. yeah, he sells it. This guy's like, no, my God, it was a total fucking accident. Leave yeah. me alone. And Cisco's just like, people need to believe it. For God's sake, just keep lying. But my actual list is Ro. Yeah. Kai Wynn and Kira for like all the reasons we've already listed. <laughs> so. <For> reason. <laughs> nothing new here. Yeah, I was going to give an honorable mention to, uh. I don't know his name, but here is one-armed friend. Oh, yeah, he was fun. Pharrell. That gets murdered. Pharrell, yeah. That's yeah, gets was. fucking killed yeah, by, by the, the Phantom of the Opera, villain. right? Yeah. 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 yeah, I considered Pharrell and Lupasa kind of one. They, they were, yeah, they're, they're, they're a great kind of little a package couple. Deal. I vaguely thought about Odo's dad, but oh, Marco. Uh, Marco. didn't quite make it. Yeah, he was also an honorable mention. And that actor is great, too. Yeah, he is. Uh, the Flautist. Remember him? Oh, no. I don't think he had a name. No, fuck that guy. He did have a name, I don't remember. What about Mr. Uh, Mr. Let's bring back the Dejarum uh, or whatever the Dejarum. Oh right, the other, the other the other emissary. I forgot about him somehow. Can't remember his name, but he was a piece of shit. Oh, I mean, again, not not there enough to make the list, but Terrence Stamp as the bad guy mm-hmm. at the start of season two or three or oh, whatever yeah, it was. He was really good. Him and Kai Wynn had big, weird, fucking, and evil energy. So evil. And uh, and Soulbor. Don't forget Soulbor. We love Soulborn. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. the name. Oh, the guy that uh, Kai Wynn's assistant. Oh, that poor schmuck, yeah. He's like, by the way, Kai Wynn, do you know this is actually bum bum bum? And she's like, why are you saying bum bum bum? <laughs> bum bum bum! Golduka. I was very close to saying. I was very close to saying Anjul Tanan. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, if I had remembered about that, I probably would have said it. Um. 
Yeah, and the I guess another person I just wanted to mention as well would be uh, Kaiopaka. Yay! Who yeah. was uh, who was yeah, in li- living her fit. worst life? Yeah, seriously, um, that poor on bastard. that fucking planet where she can't die. Yeah, with those horrible people. With fucking Mike from Breaking Bad. I hope there's a novel out there or something there in which be. in which she has has like made them like a decent fucking society who doesn't nope, try to kill each other. They're all fucking maniacs. Damn so. it. <laughs> Just having their war forever. She's there drinking tea ad nauseum. Mm. Can't die. Can't do anything about it. Her hat just keeps getting taller and taller and taller, though. For sure, she had that almost like nun's habit type thing, yeah, but with like wasn't that tall. No, I know, but for some reason, I just imagine like for whatever reason, every time she dies, it gets taller. I don't know why. It just popped into my head, and I had to say it because I'm. Head fin, like our dinosaur friends. <laughs> Speaking of our dinosaur friends, next week, next week we're doing something different for a change. So if you're expecting more Voyager next week, don't. Because <laughs> we're going to do something special, so wait two weeks for our next Voyager episodes. Because next week we are going to, because we just watched Distant Origin and it only made sense. And there's a new movie that's out right now and you've all seen it and we're waiting for us to talk about Jurassic Park. Dun, 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 dun. It's the distant origin theme song. <laughs> That's the national anthem of the Voth. <laughs> <laughs> All rise. <laughs> oh, see, that, but that, but that's, it's the melodica version. <laughs> that thing we just redid oh my a drama joke. I have to actually learn the song on the melodica by next time we meet. Oh no. This is bad. But that's was that's that Futurama joke where the national anthem of Zoidberg's planet is the, oh, the Amok, Amok time. time fight oh, music. Oh yay! And Fry's like, uh oh. I thought you were gonna tell me it was like the Red Lobster theme, but I don't know if Red Lobster has a theme. They do now. They probably had a jingle at some point. Yeah. So anyway, next, so next week we're doing a ten forward. Uh, look forward to that. It's gonna be a good time. We're gonna talk about Jurassic Park. We might talk about the other movies too. We'll see. TBD. It depends on how many movies I watch in the next week. <laughs> Should be all of them. Uh, and if you've seen the new Jurassic World, Jurassic World Dominion, mm. our friends from the Dominion, my, oh god, my guys, god, guys, Star Trek Jurassic Park crossover. Is that how the dinosaurs wound up mating? Is because they were actually changelings? Yes. There you go. Yeah. Life so, uh, finds, finds a way. way. So join us next week for that. Uh, you can check out our Bajoran talk over on the Tumblr, along with all of our other great Tumblr activities. We've got all the other alien races. Only one alien race to go before we hit the end of this uh, Voyager season. Guess who it's going to be? Tell Cardassians? No, wait. I didn't say Cardassians. Who are those really dumb fucking aliens? Packlets. Packlets? There's a lot of Packlets in Lower Decks, and it makes me very uncomfortable how much people love them. Yeah, because the whole joke is just... Dumb people. Oh, it's God. really uncomfortable. It's the only joke. Wow, when we dude. get to lower decks, I'm gonna be real uncomfortable. Really all the time. missed the point aren't, of the pack. Aren't lights. we supposed to not think that shit's funny anymore? Yeah, <laughs> kind of not. Aren't but, the woke but, among us supposed to be like now, now? Yeah, I mean, for all the people that bitch about start new, how new, dare new Trek you being have too a woke? black captain? You made Robert April black. Wait, are people actually pissed off that of Robert April is black? Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's this? The, uh, he's on Strange New Worlds, but he was he was he's that admiral. He's the admiral from Strange New Worlds. He was in the last episode, but he was also in TAS, 
and he was drawn as a white character. So what, he was actually pink, so they figured they could well, do whatever? So I, that's, that was my joke. I'm like, we already know that the colorist for that show it's was colorblind. colorblind. So maybe just say maybe that he, meant he was always metaphorically to be colorblind, and he meant I don't see race, and that's why mm. we can justify there this. There it is. Mm. Anyway, anyway. Finish, finish wrapping it up. Uh, we'll cover Lower Decks one day. It'll be weird. Yeah, so all of our other stuff, check out on our Tumblr. Check out all of our other chats about Voyager and the other series. Caitlin's rewatching Deep Space Nine right now. I hope you're following along with all the podcast episodes as you go. Of course. Obviously. <laughs> over on SoundCloud. Or, you know, any podcast application. They all have it. So pick your favorite and do it. Uh, you can also friend us on Facebook. You can chat at us on Twitter or whatever it is Twitter does. And you can go watch... The new Jurassic World movie, we're not sponsored. Damn it. Uh, this has Which been makes Ames. us literally the only ones. And yeah. this has been Caitlin. <laughs> this has been Jake. And this is always Chris. Life uh, finds a distant origin. <laughs>